sound wave wave we got a guest man fam that's here with us right now live in studio joining us he's been doing a lot of big things for a long time definitely propelling the sneaker culture forward with what he's been doing he's a curator catapulting it you know what i'm saying he's a curator of the sneaker culture like just just straight up and down like he's one of the few people that actually has the knowledge and the information on the sneaker culture um as far as I'm concerned. You mean like his, just Jordans then? No, no, no. Sneaker culture, oh, period. Period. Sneaker oh, okay. culture. I just Jordans. Sneaker culture. The entire, everything that goes around that. Himself and, and Bobito also, I give a lot of credit for that yes. as well. Um, we got none other than Mr. Sean Oak Williams here joining us live in the studio. What's yeah. going on with you, bro? What up, what up, gentlemen? Happy to be back. Happy to be back. Y'all yeah. good? Yes, yeah. yes, indeed. Shout out to, cool, uh, shout out to Sean. Yes, sir. Uh, He's a gentleman that uh, as soon as he walks in, he just looks down. Yeah. I saw you took photos of my sneakers. And I was like, I just know you, you make sure you keep me on point. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. if, if I see him, he's going to look down and you're like, what are those? Absolutely. And it's just, the way he says it, like, what are those? You and always, like, you're, oh, you're, 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 you're body no, me right no, now. No, 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 you pass inspection. You, you're usually good. You, you're usually no, no, good. Usually, no, you're, you're usually good. So you pass inspection when, we, when I roll up. You pass inspection. You know what time it is. Right, right, you right. Know. You're like the, yeah, you're but, like But it's fun to be guy. back with y'all, man. I mean, we're talking, what, over 20 years now, man? We've yeah, all known each other yeah, through yeah, transitions man. from music and, you know, exactly. just everything hip-hop. Yeah, so yeah. Even when you was over there back in, uh, you know, the, the Orange and Blue. <laughs> yeah, back in those days, yeah. Even, oh, when, even when I was the, working with those guys, yeah, working with those guys, right, I mean? right, right. Um, I think this exhibit, you know, which is you know what we want to share with the listeners today, to, to talk about that and talk about you know my journey through all that, and especially with sneakers being a constant through all of that. I've always been known for shoes, and that's since thirteen years old. So we're talking over, you know. 33 years now, 33, 34 years now that people have known me for sneakers. And that's through everything, through music, through TV production, everything. And this exhibit right now is called From the Feet Up, Sneakers, Hip Hop. From the Feet Up. Yep. From the Feet Up, Sneakers, Hip Hop in New York City. And um, this exhibit is historic in that this is the first time any government agency has ever allowed <clears throat> excuse me anything like this to exist sneakers in to exist on government property and to exist in a major transportation hub anywhere in the world this All is right. the first time let's that's let's, ever happened let's make sure we break that yep down you know, yep that's a lot of it's a lot of bags luggage let's unpack that that's a lot that's Sneaker, history uh footwear exhibition not just on government property but in port authority in the Port Authority bus terminal, that's correct. The largest and busiest bus terminal in America with over 275,000 people passing through it a day. And how many people, wow. as of now, have come through and seen the exhibit? So or, or- in the current wing towards the Ninth Avenue side of the Port Authority bus terminal where From the Feet Up exists, we're currently at, since June 3rd, over 3 million people. In exposure and counting still as we're here talking people are still going by and seeing it and stopping and reminiscing and taking selfies and 
you know, scanning the QR code for the playlist on Spotify and YouTube and all of those things that we set up. So this was big in that to finally approach a government agency and say, I want to showcase sneakers and hip hop in your building. But I also want to tell that story from the perspective that the Port Authority was there for all of that. See, you know, like when hip hop was in its infancy and all the clubs were popping in Manhattan, think about how many people came through the Port Authority bus terminal to come and enjoy everything that was going on here. And think about all of us who were getting on buses and going to other states where our relatives lived and other people that we went to see bringing hip-hop with us. True. So Port Authority was the vehicle all these years for all that. So it was a story that was never told up until the launch of this exhibit on June 3rd. A rare gem of a story that was never told that we finally were able to tell. And the fact that the Port Authority got it, I mean, like, no multiple pitches, no Mm. back and forth, no, you know, questions from out of nowhere that, you know, sometimes you get those questions when it comes to hip-hop where people say, I don't think they get it. They got everything from the beginning. And and to get back to what you just said, Port Authority. Yeah. The bus, the trains, all that, whatever, MTA. Yep. Is it true that back in the days how people used to do like the strap hangers where people would have to hold on like they're on the train on the bus, they have to hold on to the rails and because you're there, you don't look anybody in their face. You didn't have social media to get on your phone. People really have cell phones like that. So you had to look down. Right. And when you look down, you're looking at what? You're looking at people's footwear. Absolutely. If you're in the shoes back then, you're looking at people's footwear for sure. Um, But what we wanted to do, we wanted to use footwear as the basis, but I partnered with my homie James Cole Rodriguez. He has a brand called A Thousand Words, which he has vintage apparel and accessories. So he's the only one out right now that has like a Dondi whole car burner on a t-shirt. You know, he has stuff from Jamel Shabazz and Ernie Pinnacoli and all these folks that he curates curates very well property of theirs on these shirts so when you go to the exhibit you'll see like a latin quarters t-shirt sitting in the exhibit wow. yep absolutely. and that shocks people when they walk past and they see quote a latin explain quarters what that, t-shirt see true explain what latin quarters some people may not know i mean latin quarters was one of the uh seminal clubs coming through like in the 80s and 90s for uh a, a place where hip-hop some of the the biggest in the game Yep. Would come through and spend it was a Friday, Saturdays, Sundays. Uh, people would perform. The the biggest MCs in the game, the biggest DJs in the game, the B boys, the B boys went on at Latin Core. Entertainment yeah. period. A lot of yeah, film I mean, people were there. The culture, the culture was, was there. Yeah. Like all the aspects of it. Yeah, you all know, the aspects of so, it. So you know, you see a Latin Quarter T shirt. You know, so so it was really footwear was the basis for the exhibit, but we have accessories and we have apparel. You know, mm-hmm. April Walker has Walkerwear in there. The Queen. Milk D has First Priority Music mm-hmm. t-shirts wow. in there. You know, we have a small installation where we show you what it was like to clean sneakers back in the days with the Clorox bleach and the toothbrush. So it turned blue. You know, we got a boombox and cardboard sitting there. Sneakers in the b-boy stance in the exhibit. Right. You know, the type of stuff that you have to have lived it to instantly get right. it. But if you didn't, when you gravitate to it and you look, you go, wait a minute. 
this is a symbol of something that went on back then. I may not have been there, but I know that this right here is a piece of something that is now a multi-billion dollar global phenomenon. That being hip hop and sneaker culture being the derivative of it. And that's one of the things that I teach through my social studies program. That's the approach that I use. And what's the name of the- You cannot separate sneaker culture and hip hop from each other because one came out of the other. But a lot of people try to tell the narrative from a new perspective where they try to separate them. You can't do like that. how? What is the perspective they try to say? Well, you know, with sneakers being as big as it is, there's a lot of people who want to get the entry point of thinking sneakers just got big on their own. Which is crazy because we all know sneakers yeah. are part of the hip-hop uniform. Get right. play. It, was, right. it represents the anti-establishment because sneakers marginalized people back in the days. You couldn't go to work with sneakers. You couldn't get in clubs and sneakers. You couldn't get in certain restaurants. It was a lot you couldn't do. You couldn't go to church in sneakers. Sneakers represented anti-establishment. But you have the millennials and all these companies that geared, that are geared toward them that try to take that piece away and not tell that part of the story. This exhibit was created to make sure that people never do that again. And the name of the exhibit one more time? It's called From the Feet Up, Sneakers, Hip Hop in New York City. So my education program is called Social Studies, S-O-L-E-C-I-A-L. So I just finished my first year as Rankin Scholar at Drexel University in Philadelphia. So that was big because that was the first time a Division I 25,000 student school accepted and embraced sneaker culture and made it an accredited program at a university in this country. So Say that one more time. Just say it one more time. People understand that. The first time a Division I 25,000 student university accepted and embraced sneaker culture and made it an accredited program at a school in America. Social studies by Sean Williams. So, so you made a new subject. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's that's hip, you made hip-hop, a though. new subject. That's hip hop in college. <laughs> but like C said, that's, that's hip hop. Hip hop. That's what hip hop that, does. Hip- I mean, there's been a lot of hip hop studies classes from different perspectives at different schools all over, but never sneakers and not accredited. It's always been something where it's like a club or it's an elective. I had a class you got credit for. Now, are you going to continue that in the future? The relationship with Drexel is only going to grow. The relationship in the Philadelphia area is going to grow as a result of the partnership with Drexel. And there's talks with other schools going on right now. Some in New York and some down in in the Pennsylvania area as well. And, you know, but I want to get to other places where they kind of need us and they need that hope. I want to get to Detroit. I want to get to Southside Chicago, Compton, Watts, Inglewood. You know, Lil Haiti in Miami, Ooh. Houston. Right, right. You know, you know about Cheetos Kev Lawrence, right? You know about it. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm just saying. You do know about uh, it. Right? Yeah. Speaking of, of of Compton, we was we was out at the swap meet mm-hmm. um, recently. Lost and South man, South. all of the, just just walking through there with all the different sneakers in, in there and, and the, the culture that was just in that touch place. That. that is Ooh. cultural. Crazy. That is subcultural. <laughs> oh my goodness. Within a culture. <laughs> But that subculture is so huge. Because when you're looking, when you're at the Sloss and Swap meet, shout out to my Cali people. Y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. When you see those those Romeos, those slippers, <laughs> and one's in blue, one's in red, one's in purple, one's in, in brown, brown. You look, <laughs> you're looking at it like, okay, yeah. And then for people that haven't been to Sloss and Swap meet, Shouts to security there. 
Shout out to people that ever went there back in the days. I know they're happy for drop shipping right now. <laughs> because to shop there, you have to roll with your peoples. Because one turn to the left, you might run into some East Coast. Other turn, you might run into some well, them over here. And we're not trying to touch on like violence. I'm not saying everybody's violent, but it's like you had to been touch your soul for you to say, I got to get those. But you know what it is, Kev? You need people who can understand how our movements and our culture is different from city to city. It's the same but different at the same time. And I think the gift and the curse of filmmaking is a lot has been sensationalized over the stuff that's been put out where we're supposed to fear yet idolize certain things about black culture at the same time, hmm. which is dangerous. Because Can you give an example? Gang culture. Like, how many movies have come out that are now, you know, among us classics that, you know, the main focus is gang culture. Yeah. You know, but some of those movies, they have elements of hip hop culture in them. Correct. You True. know? So I think that we have to now, in this day and age, with the ability to control our own narratives, like you guys here, you got your show. I have my exhibits. I started the first sneaker talk show in the game, me and my partner D, when we started That's Obsessive right. Sneaker Disorder in 2007. OSD. This was before podcasts, where people were like, how do you tune into that? What station is your podcast on? Mm-hmm. You know, we have to own, just like, you know, people were praised in the music industry for owning their masters, we have to own our stories and, and who's hot and who's not and all of that about this culture. We got to own it. Absolutely. If we're not going to own it, if we're going to continue to let people slide in and hand us some bucks just for them to tell it their way, then everything's going to be wrong. True. Everything's going to be wrong. So with this exhibit, that was something that I wanted to do was take a unique story, full ownership of it, tell it in a way where if you weren't there, when you roll up on that exhibit, you can't act like you were because it's not going to resonate with you. But you were there, see? I'm pretty sure while you were there, you saw people roll up like, yo, like ones, or yo, I had those. Or, right, you know, right. It was curated in a way where it's supposed to resonate with those who were there and take them back and teach the people who weren't there. Right. You know, shout to the Oracle, Uncle Ralph McDaniels. <laughs> yes, sir. Of Vinnie Box. Yes, uh, sir. Lots of times we have talks of just people that we know, like teach you, we'll have talks about people within our uh, that we know mm-hmm. that's doing things, and we speak about you. See, truth, myself speak about you, Uncle Ralph speak about you, and just shout out to you because <laughs> thank you, man. Thank it's, you. It's people think it's easy, like anybody can just do something one time, two times, even radio. I want to do radio, I want to just do it one time, two times, but what happened to those times when it's like winter advisory mm-hmm. when it's like you really got to put in that work and you have to make this go on on and repeat on yeah. on and repeat and you've constantly been doing that even when we would see tamara and uh calvin calvin Cal- over there yeah. at uh, jordan uh, heads flight jordan school. Heads. yeah jordan heads excuse yeah. me jordan heads and it's like you're always there so you actually became not just by default because you put in the work you became the sneaker man so it's like, and not the sneaker man because you got all the Jordans. No, because you understand culture. So you are 
the historian. Right. Well, and that was important. You're the elder of it. Not that, trying to say you're old. I mean, like you are the right. elder of sneaker culture. And that was important. It's important to be that because, you know, through our music grind, you know, we all know we had dope kicks on. We had dope gear on. You know, there were certain codes to live by. We have just as growing up as folks in the hip hop generation. Right. Even now at this age, that has never left us. You know, it's in our handwriting, it's in our walk, it's in certain things that we do and how we live our lives. It's not going to leave us. We're going to be 80 still carrying certain rules and laws with us from being children who grew up in the infancy of hip hop. It's not going to leave us. So we have to own it. And then we cannot also alienate ourselves from these young folks. Right. Because the fifth element of hip hop was knowledge. And. The issue now is there's so many people mad at the young cats when nobody tried to school them. Nobody pulled them to the side. Nobody took them under wing. You know, there were three ways to make money in the beginning as a recording artist. Now there's 15, 16, 17 different ways to make money as a recording artist who's making, quote unquote, rap music. Right? Right. So the elders are mad that these guys are making all this money and they're not as good. Hmm. What happened? You know? And the knowledge piece, the fifth element of hip-hop got lost. If I wanted to learn how to write graffiti, I just couldn't go out and just steal spray paint and just start writing all over the city. <laughs> right. I had might, to go roll might, up on somebody. You might not make it right. home healthy. You right. know? I had to roll right. up on somebody and say, hey, I want to learn how to yeah. write. What you want to call yourself? You know what I mean? Here, take some tags home. Practice these and come back next and week. What was your name? Then you elaborate. It was Ope. Opus One. There so... You had that mentorship and knowledge and guidance, you know, just using graffiti as an example, but it was in DJ and it was in B-Boy and it was in everything that went away. And we can't be mad at no. how ignorant and crazy some of these young dudes who were doing this are because we didn't exercise the fifth element of hip hop with them. Right. We let them go. We let them go about their way. So that allowed for somebody else to come in the middle because there was no gap. There was no bridge, like you know, from the you gap. Right. Like you know, a record you heard before. Yeah, you know, nobody was able to bridge the gap between old to the new, so there's right. water between us. So who comes in? All these different publications and record labels and all these people with money who want to try the hip hop and turn it into what it's turned into. Right. But we've started to realize as a collective, we need to own not just masters for music. We need to own the masters to our stories, to our intellectual property, to our photography, to all of that. You don't say, Absolutely. if you're not the one telling your story, someone else, else is going to tell it for you. Yeah. And well, here's, here's what's worse about that. They're telling the story and leaving you out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so right. it's not even your story anymore after a couple of you know cycles down and, the road. And this is right. how true is this, even in some history books of certain events that took place in world history, American history, well, they're using well, leaving but, certain names. But there out. you go. It's the same thing. Well, hip hop history <laughs> is American history. It's, a, it's yeah, never going to make it to thing. school textbooks, <laughs> you know, in the traditional sense, but hip hop history is American mm-hmm. history. Absolutely. And we can't allow for what happened that allow for things to be omitted from textbooks to happen to our culture. Right. So you can't go into a classroom and teach everybody. I'm not going to make it to every college around the world and make sure that the story is being told right about sneakers and the tie and the bridge with hip hop culture. I'm just not going to be able to do it 
But how you can do it is one of the ways through through which I'm doing it is through exhibitions and stuff like this. Where I'm traveling, I'm partnering with different organizations and, and companies where I'm being able to put stuff on display. You know, for example, the exhibit, it's not even over yet. After the first week, it was picked up by Disney. Disney wants me to do a smaller version of it oh in, at, at their D23 conference oh, in August. Right, right. So what? even they've realized, you know what? This was curated so well. Disney. We're getting ready to do something in August. We would love for you to come out and do it for our audience. Beautiful. And because people, the story was told right, because Mickey Mouse wore kicks too. And here's the thing, people, <laughs> with 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 Sean Williams and what he does with social studies and and the exhibits and and That's so, so forth. There's something different at his his exhibits. I've been to how many? Three, four of them. Yep. There's been something different at each one of them that I didn't know. I'm like, what? What's this about? Like, it's it's an educational experience at each one of these different exhibits that you do, that people can learn things wow. from. Like every time, it's not the same because certain times and with some of these type of things, like you'll see the they'll take the same thing to everywhere, mm -hmm. but you have a different piece. Yeah. Every time and all the different exhibits, I went to the one in Brooklyn Museum. Like there were things yep. there. I was like, wow, I didn't know about this and this and you did a joint downtown Brooklyn yeah this story was this story at the Port Authority was much more personal for me than those okay because me and again my, my partner James Cole Rodriguez shout out to Cole we were able to tell this story 100% exactly the way we wanted to mm. and we set that exhibit up 48 hours before it opened on June 3rd 48 hours Wow. But I had the space. I was given the space by Port Authority when I presented the idea to them a year before that. Okay. So when they heard the idea. Even, Port Authority don't, don't even give people anything. Like, who are you? Well, see, here's the thing. Port Authority is now trying to change their narrative. They don't want to be known for the things that they've been known mm. for in the past. So there's art gallery space all over Port Authority now. Gotcha. Hidden New York gems. That won't be hidden too much longer. So... When I presented the idea to them over a year ago, they signed me up for two years right on the spot. Mm. So I not only have the space for this same time frame now, I have it to help celebrate their 70th anniversary next year. Oh nice. So the Port Authority turns <laughs> 70 next year. Right. And we're going to do, so you mentioned strap hangers, right? Yes. So one of the pivotal moments in New York City that changed fashion all around the world for corporate was the 1980 New York transit strike. And that changed because when people couldn't take the train to work anymore, they wasn't going to be trying to commute all these alternate means wearing their hard bottom shoes and their high heels. They started wearing sneakers with That's their suits and their dresses and everything else. And people are still doing it now without realizing where it came from. Exactly. Especially and the women. It, and, it's and it's evolved to now we have, you know, casual Fridays and all of that corporate right. culture we have. Yeah. That all was birthed from the New York City transit strike in 1980. <laughs> Education, people, education. So that's Social something that's studies. gonna be one of the themes for the 70th anniversary exhibit that I do for Port Authority next year. You are an underdog, <laughs> and I could imagine also because they're they're re revitalizing and renovating the Port Authority mm -hmm. bus terminal into this. It's gonna be this. So new, that means it's gonna be a, a crazy facility. Yeah. So I'm sure 
they'll probably you know reach out to you about doing something in the new space. So see, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. once once, like a, once a that seventieth year anniversary once sneaker? that's done, mm-hmm. <laughs> a seventy year anniversary sneaker like. That would be nice, but I don't think we're gonna go that far. Go that, far? Okay. that would be nice. I don't think we're gonna go that far though. Yeah. Okay. I, I, okay. That yeah, okay. maybe for the seventy fifth. Okay. Maybe for the seventy fifth. Okay. Well there's there's some stuff. All I can say right now at the moment is there's some stuff for the seventieth anniversary. I just gave you one piece just right. now of what right. the seventieth anniversary. So you, 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 you got... do see truth and kept Lawrence for a long time though, right? A very <laughs> long time. <laughs> a very long time. Very long time. Very long time. So we got the Disney coming up. Yeah, so August. we have the D23 conference, which is Disney's annual conference in Anaheim, California, where this year is going to be special because they're premiering um, Bobito Garcia's new show wow. called Sneaker Center. Congratulations wow. to Bobito. And we're a part of helping to promote that experience for Bob in August at the D23 conference, which for Disney, that's going to be big because now their Netflix alternative called Disney Plus yes. is going to be presented to everybody at that conference. A lot of people didn't know that. It's like, why is Punisher not showing Big more thing. episodes? So all of that stuff that disappeared from Marvel, you know, Marvel yeah. from Netflix, right. is going to be right at home on Disney. Disney Plus. One way or another, it's going to find, it's not going to be there probably in the same way that it was on Netflix, but Marvel is owned by Disney. So right. we know it's only a matter of time before things make their way over to the house. Right. The house network, if you will. The exactly. house streaming service. So it's only a matter of time for that stuff. We're talking on your show. Just letting you know when you do it. We're talking on You see, you're not talking on your show. <laughs> but we, you know. No, no, don't try to over. Don't try to act like you didn't hear what I said. I heard you. I heard you. It's uh, <laughs> computed, though. Yeah, it's computed. It's computed. I got your number. <laughs> <laughs> it's computed. And when is that conference going down? So that's going to be in late August. Late August. We're doing okay. that. And then we also, you know. With my partner Cole, he also works with, you know, again, the Joe Conzos, Jamel Shabazz, Ernie's, you know, Martha Cooper and, you know, folks like that. Yeah, healthy Joe Conzo. You know, he also at the Beyond the Streets exhibit that just opened in Brooklyn, which is the largest, you know, street art exhibit ever, 100,000 square feet. He did Joe Conzo's wall. So those of you who've seen that. So the incredible work that he did with visual storytelling, that's who my partner is mm. on this, on all of this. So you can only imagine what's about to happen yeah. when we do this 70th anniversary with telling that story about commuter fashion and stuff like that. And yeah. and I, I know a couple of those people that you named, like they are also like very important visually yes. in telling the story Absolutely. of New York, hip hop, et cetera, et cetera, yep. et cetera. Yep. And they were like, it, it 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 definitely goes beyond. It, it precedes them, like yep. the work that they've done. And one yeah. time, shout out to Vinnie Music Box because Vinnie Music Box had their own sneaker. Yes, they did. Yeah, we had our own. <laughs> and and I have a small tribute installation in the exhibit for Video Music Box. Shout you out know, to Clark Kent. Some something that we did. You know, we wanted to put something there that would make people think. So they see the hat. You know, I'm gonna give this a little bit away for people who haven't been there yet, but you better get there soon. So. There's the 35th anniversary video music box hat, which I was so happy to go get personally. I didn't get a T-shirt that day. I was not happy about that. But I'm gonna find, I'm gonna find a shirt for you. I got so you. I got plug, you. plug, plug, plug. Size medium. Size medium video music box shirt. Um, but what we, what I did, right? And this was what was crazy with that piece of the exhibit that you guys didn't know. My nine-year-old stepdaughter was the one who wrote Video Music Box 35th anniversary on all of those video cassettes that are in the exhibit. Nice. She didn't know what video cassettes were. She's, she's <laughs> right. 
when of she's course. 10 now. Most people don't even know right. what they are. Right. right. And there's people way older than her that don't know what video cassettes are. That's true. And those were important pieces of the beginning actual for Video Music tape. Box. Yes. You know, actual tape, you right. know. Now everything's click. So that piece of the exhibit is really important for me. You know, it meant a lot for me to showcase that in that way for people to say, all right, Video Music Box. And then so I see that, and then I see all these video cassettes here underneath. Like, what were those for? You know, just to get people thinking, all right, so you need to understand, like, we're blocks away from MTV but MTV won first. That's right. When it came to airing our music, Ralph was. And our culture. Yes. You know? Yes. You know, and that was one of the conversations I actually had with somebody that rolled up on the exhibit one day. They were like, yo, remember all the VCR tapes and stuff, man? I don't know where all them things are now. I was like, I don't know either, but I know how important they are to when it was our music that needed some airtime. Right. You know, not just on radio and video. You know, so that was an important piece of the exhibit for me to showcase that in a way where people would get to talking about that again to get people to start talking. So it either conjures an emotion for people who get it or it it provokes questions for people who don't. Precisely. Education. That's the knowledge. When is the program going on to? So it started June 3rd, which was crazy. The opening was crazy. So I have to also have to shout out my man Keo, legendary graffiti artist, X-Men, TC5. He's also one of my co-curators who he's going to be the executive producer of the mini documentary series we've done for the exhibit. Those episodes are going to start airing soon. And we did a lot with this. So shout out to Keo. But for my opening day panel, the Port Authority opened up their media room for us and let us do an opening day panel, which included my partner D. Wells, April Walker. Milk D, Keo, me, Cole, and last but not least, DJ Tony Tone from the Cole Crush Brothers. That day, opening day. Nice. And they were like, the Port Authority brass was like, wow, (laughs) wait a minute. (laughs) And we're like, yo, I don't think you understand how much hip hop is in this room, but you're about to find out. And they sat there, the Port Authority brass sat there for the entire opening ceremony panel which was over an hour they, they, and they when they up. and when they walked out of there they, locked up. they said wow and then they went and walked over to the exhibit with us because what we did was we put a ceremonial last item in the exhibit to officially make it open for business and that was a surprise to milk d we put a first priority music t-shirt in so that t-shirt was the last thing that went in to symbolize we were officially open he didn't know we were going to do that that day he thought i was going to wear it for the panel so we surprised him with that. So the Port Authority brass was there for all of that. And they were like, yeah, this is really more serious than we thought. And we were like, yeah, it is. Like, you guys should take full ownership of this story here. You see that center panel that describes what this exhibit is about? Read it again. This is a unique story that we did for you guys. And they get it. Like, you know, from the beginning, there was no resistance. None of this, well, who's going to be here? And is it going to be all of that rapidy rap, hippity hip? It was none of that. <laughs> That means somebody was in there to say, no, I know this is about, like... And I'm going to tell you who it is. It's a brother by the name of Myron Johnson. He's the curator for anything artistic and entertainment in the Port Authority bus terminal. Big up to Myron. Myron Myron Johnson and Rudy King, who handle all media relations for the Port Authority bus terminal. Those two brothers made everything smooth sailing and will continue to. Myron, Rudy, man, big up to y'all, man. 
and got them <laughs> some more MCL, job man. security. That, <laughs> that would be nice. That would be nice. <laughs> we're, we're running that, out of time. Nice. So let everybody so, yeah. know um, where they can find out more information about the exhibit and, and the D, uh, was it 30? Yep. D30 conference coming up and so forth. So it's so the D23 conference. D23. Um, that's coming up in August. I'm still waiting to get the exact dates on that, but I'll make sure the radio boys know, and then we can spread the word to the listeners. Of course. Um, but from the feet up is still in residence until July 31st. Right. At the Port Authority bus terminal it is on the Ninth Avenue side of the what they call the South Building. Yeah, it's Ninth Avenue and Forty First. Forty First. Ninth Avenue, Forty First Street. Yeah. You can't miss it. Um, yeah, once we, you go up the steps or the escalators, it's yeah. like... If you, you come in from like the 9th that. Avenue side and go right up the escalator, you can't miss it. If you come in off of 8th Avenue, just walk straight down the hall and you can't miss it. Um, what we also did to bridge the gap and to sort of transport people back to the past was we put two QR codes up there with old school playlists, curators playlists, wow. where if you scan those... They take you to our playlist of old school hip hop records that are on Spotify and YouTube. So it was a way to take modern technology and shoot people back to the past. Education, knowledge, which helps. The old <laughs> so you know, I got a shout out to Denise Mahoney, who is you know the the exhibition assistant. Um, to everybody involved, man, There's so many people involved that you know gave shoes and support in a lot of different ways. Um, this was something that was done for all of us, for you, for you, for all of us. That's a story sitting that. there that was done for all of us. We own that story. That story cannot be picked up and pilfered and plugged in anywhere else. Last thing I'm going to say to you, you don't got to respond to this, but I'm even more happy for you because I know you was involved in putting a certain uh, iconic person out there. Absolutely. And go... You did a lot for somebody. I just know. We don't got to talk about it. Josh, I just want to say congratulations again to you. Thank you. Thank we you. We got to talk about it. We it didn't, about it. it didn't stop me. You know me. what I mean. Well, see, it didn't stop me because I realized that what we do is bigger than any of the personalities in it. Right. You know what I'm saying? So you have to, and this is how we curate our lives, right? All of us have known over time who stays and who goes, who to give it 100 for and who to give it zero. And all the points in between. We've all figured that out at this age. You know what I'm saying? Figured that out. So now we got stuff like this that's done with, you know, it's executed on a very high level. And there's going to be a whole lot more coming, you know. But Absolutely. those are lessons I we've all know. learned. You yes. know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> lessons we've all learned. Absolutely. You know? what's, what's the uh, social media and, and, and all that kind of good stuff? So, so what we've done, I'll put this out there first. For anyone who cannot get to New York... This will exist forever. We've created a virtual tour page of From the Feet Up, Sneakers Hip Hop in New York City. So via Instagram, the handle is tour, T-O-U-R underscore F-T-F-U. If you want to find me on social media, it's O-S-D underscore paper chaser, P-A-P-E-R-C-H-A-S-R. No E in chaser. I don't know what you're going to find if you spell it the other way. but <laughs> and, and there's just so much going on that's coming up. That, you know, hopefully, you know, follow me, following the radio boys, um, you will find out exactly what's happening. I mean, there's really a lot happening that, you know, we could do a whole separate episode again on stuff that's coming up that I'm just waiting for the ink to dry on. Gotcha. You know, 
Gotcha. But thank you guys, man. It's, it's always oh. fun being here. Always. Are, always. always. are we your friends? Always. Okay, cool. Years to oh, build, yeah. man. Come on. Always learning some things. <laughs> I, I, still got, I still got old cassette tapes from old radio interviews. <laughs> Shout out to Ben Hooks. He has all those archives for all of that oh, stuff. Big up to Ben, man. Definitely, definitely. It's Thermal Sound Waves, a natural alternative to fast food hey, radio. Thermal Sound Wave, wave.